professional development that is very specific and content focused increases teachers belief that they can teach that content so for us we looked at as i said before floral design and floriculture and really like plant processing welcome to al pellets tips for ag teachers podcast we are your agricultural education resource across the web sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day the al pellets crew is kate shoulders marshall baker mike retallick and Brian Myers. Natalie Ferran and Kathy D. Benedetto, welcome to Owl Pellets. Hello, welcome. Well, I've only known, yeah, I'm sorry, Kathy. I've only known you for a lot of years and I still stumble as I said your last name there. Sorry for my, my big fat tongue on that one. No worries, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Well, we are so glad that you guys are able to join us today. So we're going to start off having you guys tell us a little bit about yourself. So Natalie, why don't you go first? Uh, my name is Natalie Ferrand. I am currently a third year PhD student at the University of Florida, um, specializing in agricultural education. I was a high school agriculture teacher in Georgia, um, as well as in Texas before I decided to come back and get my PhD. Not at the same time, though. You didn't teach no. both in Georgia and Texas at the same time. That'd be a long commute every day. No, you can't, you can't ride two horses with one butt is the saying that we use. So no. <laughs> you like both paychecks though. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. I have, so I have a variety of experiences with different states. <laughs> All right, Kathy, top that one. <laughs> That's a hard one to top, but I'm Catherine DiBenedetto, better known as Kathy Dr. D. Um, I am an assistant professor at Clemson University, uh, just finished up five years there. Uh, my background, I actually have an undergraduate degree in uh, plant science from the University of Delaware. Delaware is home for me. I spent probably the first 15 years of my career in the horticulture and floriculture industry working in various aspects, um, which then led me to back to the, the thought that my ag teacher always put in my mind when he told me in high school that I should teach. And I said, I do not want to teach. Going to stay as far away from that as I possibly can. And yet here I am many years later taught in a school-based ag ed program uh, in a three teacher department in Delaware for seven years um, before uh, meeting the famous Dr. Brian Myers there in an opportunity that was presented to me. Um, and lo and behold, ended up at the University of Florida to work on my PhD and now um, have spent the past five years at Clemson University in teacher education. Yeah, I, I was wondering if we, should, if we should get to the disclaimer part of this that yeah, the three of us might know each other. So Just a little bit. Yeah, it is. It, I, it's one of the cool things is Mike knows in these kind of jobs, you get to work with great folks. And I get the opportunity to have work both with Dr. D. Benedetto and with Ms. Ferran um, in their graduate program. So it's very, very, very awesome. I'm, I'm lucky to get to do that. So Natalie, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today, other than the fact that you two are awesome. Um, 
Well, Kathy and I worked on a program last summer, and I'll let Kathy kind of go into the detail about the actual program because it is her brainchild. But uh, we worked with ag teachers from across the nation, and we provided a um, science intensive science-based professional development program for them all around floriculture, floral design, and the horticulture industry. Um, so it was really great. So like like Kathy, not as much experience as Kathy, but my undergrad degree is also in horticulture. Um, and I was not in agriculture growing up or anything like that. So we kind of have a, a mutual background um, as, as far as our love for floral design and floriculture. So she had this great idea for a program. Um, so we did some work with these teachers and kind of looking at their self-efficacy to teach the science of agriculture in the floriculture curriculum. So when you, you did this great program, we, talk, we can talk about, about that more a little bit later on, but what, what are kind of the take-home messages you guys found here as you work with this group that we want to make sure we talk about today with everyone? Yeah, so um, we looked, the, the actual research study looked at um, teachers' efficacy, and it looked at their efficacy in two ways. So real quick, self-efficacy is like a person's belief in their ability to complete a task. Um, and we looked at efficacy, like I said, in two different ways. So we looked at their efficacy to teach science, and then we also looked at their outcome teaching beliefs. So their beliefs about science is, I have the skills necessary to teach the science of agriculture. I know how to get my students excited for agriculture, and that's really what our program um, revolved around, was giving them the skills necessary and making them believe in themselves that, hey, you have this knowledge. Hey, you have all of this. You can take this back to your classroom, and like your students will really love it. The other aspect that we looked at um, was like I said, their outcome beliefs, which is more about a teacher's personal philosophy or personal beliefs about their classroom. So it was more things like, um, even if a teacher exerts a lot of effort, some students have a hard time succeeding. That's not really what our program looked or our program was designed around, um, but it's still an important aspect of teaching as well, right? Because when teachers see the change in their students, that's when they really have more change in their actions and change in their classroom. So the biggest things that we came away from, or that we came away with is that um, professional development that is very specific and content focused increases teachers' belief that they can teach that content. So for us, we looked at, as I said before, floral design and floriculture and really like plant processing. Um, and so we know from previous research that if teachers are uncomfortable or don't have a lot of content knowledge in a specific area, they're less likely to teach it. So for instance, my background is in horticulture. So in the greenhouse, I feel super comfortable. Teaching floral design, I felt really comfortable because I used to work in a florist. So that's really, um, where I, I love teaching about it. I have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of experiences I can pull on. I like to call myself plant girl. I don't know a lot about animals. So when I was asked to teach livestock production, yeah, absolutely, I can teach livestock production, but I don't believe as much in my ability to teach that. So I don't feel like that was the best class I ever taught. It's not necessarily the class I would want my administrator to come and watch me teach, right? So this specific content knowledge, when we give teachers the specific tools, it increases their self-efficacy and they're more likely to go back to their classroom and teach that. Absolutely. I would add, you know, one of my experiences, um, you know, as a, a horticulturalist, uh, when I knew that I was going to be teaching floriculture and horticulture, greenhouse production management, those types of things, 
I had no problems whatsoever walking into a floral design lesson plan, a lesson plan on asexual or sexual propagation, you know, how do I run my greenhouse, all those types of things. That came very natural to me. Uh, but when I looked at my schedule as a first year teacher and I saw wildlife management on there, I went, ooh, um, let's see, well, um, I know mallard ducks. I know how to identify a male and a female mallard duck. My dad has gone hunting. I know a little bit about that. I've fished before, uh, but I wasn't nearly as confident in teaching that wildlife management course. I had to go back and read content myself before I, I could teach it and still didn't feel confident compared to the confidence and just the, the natural abilities that I had already had from my own experiences and my education in the horticulture, floriculture, plant science world, it, it made teaching those subjects so much easier for me. And therefore, I think my students also related much, much more to those, those concepts and topics as well, because I shared my experiences with them. I didn't have those same experiences in, in those other courses that I was asked to teach. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of interesting. And I, I like the idea that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a natural process that we're going to have stronger beliefs in some content areas than others. Uh, and, and we're gonna, unless we're in a multiple teacher program where we get to specialize. So how do you, how do you talk a little bit about the professional development and how do we as a profession, whether it's state staff or <clears throat> even uh, looking for our own professional development, how do we continue to build that efficacy related to that? So I think one of the, one of the key pieces here, you know, and as I had mentioned, you know, coming from industry, um, what was what I noticed when I was when I was working in various facets, floriculture, horticulture, there was a lack of knowledge on the people that I was working with, and it wasn't just students. It wasn't just you know teenagers. It wasn't just people that were right out of high school. It was people that had been in industry for quite some time that were working that still lacked a lot of that knowledge. And I'll be honest, that's actually what drove me into going back to my high school ag teacher and saying, okay, you were right. I, I need to be teaching. You know, what do I need to do to figure out how to teach? So, so way back when, I'm not going to date myself, but, but he tagged me that long ago, Mr. Keith Walker, Thomas McCain High School, huge shout out to him, um, still keep in contact with him. Um, so, you know, I, um, I think that it was important for me to realize even outside of education, there, there's this need that was already there and present. So working through, I don't know if you've heard, hopefully you have the American Floral Endowment. Um, you know, their mission is really to help um, with this issue that's, that, that has been found, not only just in research, but also from an education side of um, where, can we, where can we help others learn more about all that the plant science industry has to offer. So fortunately, um, the American Floral Endowment has been able to provide us with some educational funds that have helped support this PD. Um, so that's the first step is you really need to find somebody that, that can help support because we know we need funding for teachers to be able to bring them uh, to professional development opportunities. So that was really the, the key uh, to making this all happen because for me as as Natalie mentioned it's my brainchild has been something I've been wanting to do for quite some time but just didn't have the funds to do it so needed that support that was step one step two you meet really good people that have the same passion as you 
that was Natalie. Her and I met, we talked at a SAS conference, networked, and boom, here we are. Um, you know, how we put that together, it was really going out and looking for and saying, you know, she recognized the same things that I did when we had a conversation. There's people out there that just don't know this content. You know, there's a need for teachers to better understand how they can teach the STEM concepts that are in floor culture. Um, yes, we do have to have our greenhouse plant sales and it is good to have cut flower sales um, at Valentine's Day, those types of things so that students get that business uh, minded skill related uh, strategies that they need to build too. But what about the science and all that? You know, when I, where did that rose come from? You know, I call it, you know, from the field to, to the vase on the table, same type of thing. How did that rose get from Ecuador to the table? Um, you know, those types of things. So talking about base life is really important. And if you haven't had that experience, a lot of that's not even taught in the content, you know, in our ag preparation courses for our teachers. So it's the professional development that really is a key point and a critical aspect to add to that toolbox for our ag teachers. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. And I, I think the other thing is if we flip the script just a little bit and think about it from the ag teacher's perspective and, and even to help them with the professional development, how do we engage and develop a culture within our profession of continuous improvement so that we can go and, and build those skill sets and build that self-efficacy uh, from that standpoint? So have you guys looked at that from the teacher's perspective and developing that culture and that professional development piece? Yeah, well, one of the things that wasn't um, a research objective or, or something that we sought out to look for, but one of the things that we found from this program, we continued to stay in touch with the teachers, and we saw that the teachers continued to stay in touch with one another. So even though they were from um, 11 different states, they created their own support network in a lot of ways. And so um, one of the things that we found is that continued support is super important as well. So when you're finding, when you're looking for these professional development opportunities, um, yeah, if you can go to something that is like our program where you get a lot of content, but also those networking and, and support opportunities between teachers are fantastic and now online we're seeing a lot of that happening in different ways um, but when you can create those face-to-face -face connections or you can have that participation between different teachers and you have that support that's super important as well um, one of the things that we also found from our teachers just talking to them later on after they went back to their classrooms and they were trying to implement this is that a lot of our teachers feel that they are not viewed um, as as being able to teach the science of agriculture. So their, their principals, um, you know, one quote that really sticks in my mind is, I had a teacher tell me that her principal tells her just to go back to flower land. You know, they're like, she, that's what she does. She teaches floral design. So her principal, um, you know, she goes to her and asks for a resource and asks for microscopes or asks for slides or asks for different things to where, um, you know, like Kathy was saying, we can really teach about the science of agriculture. We can teach the, this is why we do this specific skill. They don't have those resources um, that they need, but they also don't have that support that they need as well. Um, so that's a, that's a huge barrier that we found. But I think for creating the culture, yes, if administration can support um, teachers, you know, that's fantastic. But I think individually, if there's an area as teachers that we're struggling, like go out and find something for that. So maybe, um, contact your state teachers association or a lot of industry-based um, 
companies are offering professional development now too. You know, like we, we have support from the American Floral Endowment and organization. So maybe reach out to some industry um, organizations and see what's available for you too. So for instance, in my first year teaching, um, I was required to teach or asked, I was asked to teach <laughs> agricultural mechanics. I didn't really have a background in that at all. So the summer before I started teaching, I took as many professional developments in that area as I possibly could. Now I was really fortunate that I lived in a state that offered several opportunities for professional development. Um, but if your state doesn't do that, or if your state organization doesn't do that, you know, just seek that out and find the ways that you can become more confident. It could even be something as um, in your community, if there's a specialist. I had a really great working relationship with our florist, our local florist, um, and he would help me buy flowers and he would help me find things. And I'm sure that person would also, or would not mind if you wanted to come in during the summer and maybe learn some skills one-on-one -on -one that can help build your self-efficacy. So when we talk about professional development, I think we think a lot as far as like, conferences and conventions which absolutely take advantage of those opportunities but we can also look for opportunities on the individual level as well yeah i think those are some great points because there's especially with uh technology today we can we can get a lot more broadly than just a local uh, pd program that we might have so i think that's a excellent piece brian spent uh, promised us earlier in the in our discussion that uh kathy was going to share a little bit about the program um, so what are, what are some elements and pieces of the program that uh, uh, kind of was the basis for the, the project that you guys worked on? Yeah, so some of the key pieces, um, and again, an interesting component at Clemson University, um, some of our plant and environmental science professors are actually also um, working on some research that's been um, supported by the American Floral Endowment as well on um, botrytis. And botrytis is um, a disease that, that does uh, creep up on cut flowers. Um, so they are looking at ways that that can be controlled, especially in um, the, the part of the distribution channel when the flowers are cut and shipped. So in that shipping process, usually the, the flowers come out of the field, um, they go into uh, an area where they're graded and, and packaged and in that packaging process, um, then they're shipped, and lots of times once you put them in that box, there's moisture that gets in there. We have botrytis that starts to grow on the petals, and then when you open up your box, uh, when that's received in your school or at your florist, um, you find that you've got this little gray mold on there that isn't so, isn't so pleasant. So we were able to actually take our teachers that per, um, were in our STEM It Up conference last year into the labs um, over in our uh, plant and environmental science uh, research area on campus at Clemson, and they were able to see um, that research actually being conducted. Um, so I think that was really neat. Not only did they see the actual roses that were there that were in the trials, but they were able to look at the, the microscopes and see underneath of those what was happening, how that botrytis was growing. So they were able again to, to take that experience now back to their classrooms and talk to their students more about that research side, um, which again, we had several of the teachers that said that they embarked upon some agri-science fair projects that they've never even attempted before um, after seeing some of those experiences. So that was, I think for me, one of the, the big highlights in, the, in the, the concentration on the STEM and the research components that were there. Well, I think it's interesting too, you, you talked about ways that it was focused on a specific content, but they really kind of permeated throughout the whole program. They find ways to use that content in the FFA AgriScience Fair 
competition, but also as a teaching tool to do those sort of things. And they grew, grew the area to do that. And so I think that's the real piece kind of tying this back together. If we can increase our own self-efficacy, our own belief that we know this stuff, we're more likely to do it in more and more places rather than just to say, oh, okay, I taught a lesson on this, check, we're done. We, we've now done all the horticulture we need to do now. We've done that one day and now we're gonna go back to everything else. Um, and so it's, it's kind of really building that up to hopefully impact the whole program. Yeah, the other really interesting piece too is that we worked on, on some microgreens. Um, so showing the teachers again, what a, a clean room looked like um, and how they could potentially use microgreens as a way to teach sexual propagation with seeds, um, you know, in a seven to 10 day time frame. Um, again, to bring them uh, more ideas for the students based on what, what career options are out there beyond um, even, you know, greenhouse production, horticulture side is, is absolutely 100% great, but there's a lot of career opportunities out there that I think that even teachers aren't aware of that they could be presenting uh, to, their, to their students. So that was another area of focus that we uh, were able to have the teachers experience too. Well, that's fantastic. And so basically to, to tie a nice big bow on all of this, what's like a, a key message that you wanna make sure that, that teachers listen, that listening to this really get from the work that you did, both with the study, but also the great uh, professional development program uh, that, you, that you did here? I think the major point would be to seek out those development opportunities. So like we talked about, if that's a formal professional development through a conference um, or a program that you attend, or even if you can take a course online through your, your, your through your university, find that content and find things that you can bring back into your classroom. Um, or even if that's visiting with someone in your community who's in that industry, bringing that person into your classroom, or you going and you taking time to find out what they're doing um, in their program as well. And I think one of the other things is to find that support. So if that's other teachers that are teaching the same curriculum as you, or if you're you know, reaching out to university faculty, um, finding those people that can help support you and help bring that content back into your classroom. Um, I did mention that some of our teachers, you know, definitely didn't feel support, but we also had a lot of teachers that talked about great relationships with science teachers in their school. So reach out to those teachers, tell them what you're teaching, ask them what they're teaching, and, you know, they're, they're probably more than likely to, to share things with you. So um, definitely seek out those opportunities to learn more and increase your self-advocacy and then make those purposeful connections. And like Kathy said, we're not in the same way, um, but we're kind of an example of one of those purposeful connections. You just have to reach out and find people that are interested in the same things as you. They're out there. And I would just add to that, you know, also in your in your home communities, you know, look for resources where you can network, you know, tap into the local florist in the area, ask for help from the nursery and garden centers that are in the area. There's a lot of resources that are out there to support ag teachers. Um, so use those community networking opportunities for uh, development of SAEs, you know, for your students, those types of things, and, and knock on those doors right in your home community. Well, that's a fantastic way to wrap this up. Outstanding conversation. Thank you both for being with us here today to tell us about this great work, both the research you guys share, but also uh, the professional development opportunity that you all created. Uh, and are offering in a different format again for this coming year in a, in, due to our situation here. It's always exciting to, to keep trying to do, to do new things. So 
Uh, Natalie, Kathy, thank you guys both for being with us today here on Owl Pellets. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Socialize with us by following Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.